the Bible Study Podcast, episode 492. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of Proverbs with chapter 30. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. I'm recording this in the middle of the Sea of Cortez while on vacation. Chapter 30 is The Sayings of Agur. Then it goes like this. The Sayings of Agur, son of Jakek, an inspired utterance. This man's utterance to Ethelial, I am weary, God, but I can prevail. Surely I am only a brute, not a man. I do not have human understanding. I have not learned wisdom, nor have I a attained to the knowledge of the Holy One. So, Agur, and I, because I am without internet, I didn't get a chance to look him up, is someone who is writing this with some humility, but also with some weariness. Some weariness, and yet a sense that he can prevail. Whatever problem it is that he's running into, he's feeling that, and I'm guessing because he is calling on God, that is probably because of his faith, he is feeling that he can make it through whatever this difficult situation is. But yet, in the same time, he's struggling because he knows he doesn't understand everything that he should. And he continues like this. Who has gone up to heaven and come down? Whose hands have gathered up the wind? Who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name, and what is the name of his son? Surely you know. Now, the question about what is the name of his son seems like a very un usual one to find in the book of Proverbs here in the Old Testament because it's one that we as Christians would answer. It's one that we feel we know the answer to. But the rest of it, that verses, verse 4 here, sounds a bit like the book of Job to me. I don't know if you've read the book of Job or were around when we did some of the study on the book of Job, but Job has some problems and he doesn't find out that basically God and the devil have been talking about him and the devil says, well, sure, Job is a great servant. Sure, he always sings your praises, but that's because everything's going well and gets permission from God to take all things away from Job, including eventually his health as well. And Job does not curse God as the devil says he will. But then he gets a series of his friends who are trying to make things better for him by telling him he must have done something wrong and curse God and die. Why don't you admit what you've done wrong? Those sort of things. But there's this last section here where, where Job does he doesn't curse God, but he does curse the day he was born. And he calls out to God, basically asking for why all these things are happening. And he doesn't get a straight answer. He gets instead words like this, who has gone up to heaven and come down, whose hands have gathered up the wind, who has wrapped up the waters in a cloak. These are words that say that God's knowledge is far above our knowledge. That we can say, well, I wouldn't have done it that way if I was God. Sure, but you don't know what God knows. You and I don't know what God knows. We weren't there when the ends of the earth were established. And it is foolishness for us to pretend that we have his wisdom. Continues on, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will rebuke you and prove you a liar. The do not add to his words is something that I worry about a little bit as a teacher because I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says without adding to it, yet somehow explaining it. But what we're looking at here is that when the author here says that the word of God is flawless, it also means that it has power within it. It's, it's useful and it has everything it needs to get done what it needs to get done. 
and that it's a shield to those who take refuge in him that remember he is writing this from a time of weariness a time when he needs to take refuge in God and he rejoices in the fact that God shields those who take refuge in him Two things I ask of you, Lord, do not refuse me before I die. Keep falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches, but give me only my daily bread. Otherwise, I may have too much and disown you and say, Who is the Lord? Or I may become poor and steal and so dishonor the name of my God. It's an interesting prayer here. We, of course, are encouraged by Jesus also to pray for our daily bread. But what this author is saying, that he wants not too much, but not too little. Not so much that he forgets that he needs God, but not so little that he dishonors God with his stealing. I thought that's an interesting balance that he's looking for there. I remember having a friend when I was growing up, uh, actually the man who went to our church, who went and visited Romania where he had grown up, and this was under the communist regime. And I think I've told this story before on the podcast, but he was told by the people who were being persecuted for their Christian faith, well, we're praying for you there in America. And he didn't understand that. That made no sense to him. He said, well, we should be praying for you. But they said, well, we have so little that we have to trust in God. You have so much that you can forget how much you need him. And that's what this prayer is saying here is, keep me from having so much that I forget my need for God, that I forget God. Do not slander a servant to their master or they will curse you and you will pay for it. If you are talking bad about someone to their servant, to a faithful servant, they're going to defend their master. And they're probably going to tell their master as well. And that's what's going on here. There are those who curse their fathers and do not bless their mothers. Remember that when we get the Ten Commandments, we are told, honor your father and your mother and you will live a long and happy life. And this is not something that the author is encouraging. Those who are pure in their own eyes and yet are not cleansed of their filth. This is the same thing we learn in the book of First John. If we say we have not sinned, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we look around and think that sinner means someone else, means everyone else, we are liars. Those whose eyes are ever so haughty, whose glances are so disdainful. Same problem, same root cause. If we say we have not sinned and deceive ourselves, we can become so arrogant where we think we are better than everyone else. Those whose teeth are swords, whose jaws are set with knives. Basically, people who do so much damage by what they say. How much damage do we do by what we say? The intentional mean word, but probably even more so the thoughtless word. To devour the poor from the earth and the needy from among mankind. Again, how many times have we seen here in Proverbs that God cares for those who have no power and calls us also to care for the poor and the outcast and the stranger and the widow? The leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough. The grave, the barren womb, land which is never satisfied with water, and fire which never says enough. I like that. The leech has two daughters. Give, give, they cry. When we are so bent on obtaining things, when we are so never satisfied, 
when we never have enough, when we are so rapacious, so greedy, we are like a leech. There's four things that are never satisfied. The grave, the barren womb, land that is never satisfied with water, and fire. Generally, all things that we want to avoid. Encouraging us not to be one of those people who says, give, give, and never has enough. The eye that mocks a father and scorns an aged mother will be pecked out by the ravens of the valley, will be eaten by the vultures. That's just a different way of saying honor your father and your mother. You will live a long and happy life and don't honor your father and your mother. Curse your father and your mother and, well, ravens are going to pluck out your eyes. Possibly metaphorically, let's hope, but let's just not find out. There are three things that are too amazing for me, four that I do not understand. I love this phrasing, this three and yet four. It sounds a little bit like Monty Python's skit, Nobody Expects the Spanish Inquisition. The three things that are too amazing for the author are the way of the eagle in the sky, the way of the snake on a rock, the way of a ship on the high seas, and the way of a man with a young woman. And obviously the setup there is for that fourth one, that it talks about all of these things that are majestic, but then it talks about the way of a man with a young woman as being that other thing that I do not understand. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done nothing wrong. Again, the same thing would be true of an adulterous man. I know that these proverbs can sometimes be a little male-centric. But the idea here is that to do what this woman is doing, to act without shame, is to put sin upon sin. Under three things the earth trembles, under four it cannot bear up. A servant who becomes king, a godless fool who gets plenty to eat, a contemptible woman who gets married, and a servant who displaces her mistress. All of these things should not happen, is what the author is telling us. Servants shouldn't become kings, godless fools shouldn't get plenty to eat, contemptible women should not get married, and servants should never displace their mistresses. Four things on earth are small, yet they are extremely wise. Ants are creatures of little strength, yet they store up their food in the summer. Hyraxes are creatures of little power, yet they make their home in the crags. Locusts have no king, yet they advance together in ranks. A lizard can be caught with a hand, yet it is found in kings' palaces. This isn't the only place either in the Bible or elsewhere in wisdom literature where ants are considered to be noble creatures because they store up their food, because they work so hard. I like the locusts having no king, yet they advance together in ranks. Seeing in that wisdom, or perhaps there is a greater wisdom that implanted that knowledge within them. A lizard that can be caught in the hand, yet is found in king's palaces. I like that. There are three things that are stately in their stride, four that move with stately bearing. A lion, a mighty among the beasts, who retreats before nothing. A strutting rooster, a he-goat, and a king secure against revolt. And obviously the king secure against revolt is kind of the payoff verse there, in the sense that how does a king get secure against revolt? My footnote says the meaning in Hebrew is uncertain, but I think that one of the things we learn from other verses here in Proverbs is that you need to treat people well to be secure against revolt. It isn't just a matter of being so mean that no one will revolt against you, but quite the opposite. If you play the fool and exalt yourself, or if you plan evil, clap your hand over your mouth. (laughs) Better to shut up 
it's saying then plan evil or play the fool and brag about yourself for as churning cream produces butter and as twisting the nose produces blood so stirring up anger produces strife we know that when we churn cream, or at least you probably heard of it, you may not be something you do on a regular basis, you get butter. You know that if you twist the nose, you'll get blood. Ouch. Don't want to do that. And it's saying, why would you be then surprised that if you stir up anger, you will produce strife? Let's not do that. Let's instead be the peacemakers that we are called to and be the sons and daughters of God. With that, we'll end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.